Welcome back to Expediting Change Podcast. Y'all keep coming back, and so do my guests. So right now, we're about to get into Expediting Change and talk about non-for-profit organizations. Why have a non-for-profit? Why start a non-for-profit? What to do when you get into your non-for-profit? And also, how America sees a non-for-profit as far as it being a 501c3. So my guest today is the expert, not me. But you already know when we start talking about non-for-profit and we get into the content, I'm going to challenge my guests on what are they doing to expedite change? Remember, not just about the theory, but what action steps are we taking to make sure we're creating the positive progression for the culture? As I open my mind and try to reach yours, ask myself, why is it you really want to preach, boy? I want to teach more. So today I have with me Miss Kemp, and we're going to talk about non-for-profit organizations. But first, I'm going to allow her to introduce herself. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good evening, wherever you are. My name is Jamila Kemp. I am the founder and CEO of It Takes Two Incorporated. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization that focuses on young people. We help them realize where they're at, where they're trying to go, and ultimately try to figure out what life after high school looks like for you, whatever that may be. Um, I am also the founder and principal consultant of Jamila Kemp Consulting, uh, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, excuse me, 501c3 startup consulting services firm, excuse me, that helps people who have a desire to give back to the community to start their own organizations. We build it from the ground up, we take the vision, put it on paper, implement it, and we put a strategy behind it so that you can do good. And that's the thing, is that doing good is a business, and that's what we focus on through the consulting. Oh, I like that. Doing good is a business? Yes. I love it. Can I steal that? No. No, no, she said, no, no copyright can't steal trademark that. is in the process. And it's, no. a, and it's on camera. And it's on said, camera, no, right? Y'all got that. <laughs> <laughs> so you actually double duty with your non-for-profit, so that's really dope, because where I want to start is... Why start a non-for-profit? Why not? Why, why not be a consultant? Why not go into the schools to help people um, as a counselor or something like that? Why start a non-for-profit? Well, it's got to be personal. And a lot of the clients that I work with and for myself, it was very personal for me. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of reasons why. Um, there has to be a need. So don't just jump out there and start the organization just because you have a personal need. You have to ensure that the community needs it. We have a lot of duplication mm-hmm. of services in the industry. Mm-hmm. And while that's not a bad thing, it can be challenging in multiple organizations serving mm-hmm. the same population because mm-hmm. you're in competition for dollars. We're yep. not in competition with each other because yep. we're supposed to be building together. But there's a lot lot of money out there, but if you're vying for the same pot of money, it just creates turmoil in the industry. So starting the organization, you have to have a passion for what it is that you're doing. You have to have a heart for service. You have to be willing to do the work when there is no money. Mm -hmm. You understand? Mm -hmm. And you have to have a vision and you got to put a plan behind it. You got to understand your why, how you're going to create impact and demonstrate impact. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's the main thing. Money, we need money because it is a business, right? But I'll be the first one to tell you, if you have a million dollars in the bank yeah. and there's no testimonial, there's no report, there's no reports on how well you're doing, then yeah. you might as well just close the doors. We have to create impact. And if that is your reason, your desire, your passion, then I say go for it. That's fire. And we could tell by how you just spit it right out. You've been doing this for a minute. So let's back it all the way up and say, I just want to get my foot in the door. Mm-hmm. What's the first three steps that I need to do to start my non-for-profit organization. You got to know your why. Ooh, I like it. W, who do you want to serve? Who's Mm. your passion population? And Mm -hmm. I say passion because you got to have that passion behind Mm -hmm. it. Who are you going to serve? And then the H is how. Mm. How will you demonstrate impact? How will you deliver those services? How will you take them from here to there? And what is the process by which and how you get there? Mm -hmm. And then the why is actually 
asking yourself, why am I starting this organization? Is mm -hmm. it because I want another income stream? And while we can earn salaries, that's not the sole purpose of a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. We have to be able to articulate, I came from this place and I want to help. I want to improve the community. Whatever mm. your passion population causes, yeah. be able to clearly articulate that. So if yeah. you cannot articulate your why, yeah. the who, the how, and the why you're starting, then just fall back. That's, and let's focus on that first. Wait, I'm still in that too. I like acronyms, right? So I <laughs> is that one trademark too? It's I like about that. to be. I like Come that. on, y'all. Yeah, you should trademark that. You should because I'm definitely going to use that one. Not All right. So the W H Y is that your first three steps, that's or is that number one? That's... And then you got two more for us. Yeah. So once you do that, what's what's next? Okay. So right. So once <laughs> we identify the why, number two is to focus on your business name. And I know everybody's like, well, why are you going to focus on that? you're starting to brand a mission. Mm. We're a business. So mm -hmm. you have to ensure that, yes, your name is good in the state in which you're going to be conducting business. Mm -hmm. But you also want to check other states as well so that we're not starting off in a confused state of mind. We're mm -hmm. not confusing our donors, the population that we're serving. So you want to check the state in which you're going to be incorporating and see if the name is available. Mm -hmm. Then you want to do a quick trademark search as well because, mm -hmm. again, we want to eventually create this uh, legacy of sorts and you want to protect your assets. So like you it. want to go ahead and get your trademark. So do a very preliminary search. If you want to jump out there and have actual trademark lawyer do the deep dive for you, yep. then do that if yep. that's what you want to do. So you want to secure your business name. Um, then the next very first step, the legal step, is getting your articles of incorporation mm -hmm. with the state. And that will legalize you and formate an actual business. Mm -hmm. But even before we get there, though... What I focus on now is the board development, Ooh, your team, your board members. It's not friends. It's not family. I'm sorry. It's, yep. it's just not. So why not? Why can't I just put my man on? I like That's my man. You should come and help me and be on my board, right? No. So <laughs> no. <laughs> board members must be biased to the community and not biased to you. Ooh, I like that. Me. Biased to the community. Biased to your call to action. Absolutely. Biased to your mission and vision right. and not biased to the organization or right. one specific person. So when you have I family like members and friends, they're leaning maybe a little bit more towards you because of that relationship, and they're not really focused on the legalities, the fiscal responsibility that they must engage in as board members yep. because they're held legally liable for the organization. Yep. So let's go outside of friends and family. Let's go to our professional network. Yep. Let's go to people who actually bring something to the table, and yep. that's the thing. Everybody connected to the vision yep. must bring something to the table. Your skill set, your talent, your resources, your time, yep. everything. So yep. we're looking for people who inherently possess certain skills, soft skills, and hard skills, and, yeah. and talents to take that vision out of your head and implement it into the community. So the board is instrumental before doing anything legal, to be honest with you. So, so out the gate, what you think? Like, I'm a small organization, small 501c3. Give me, I know it's going to vary, but how many board members should I have? Starting out, you want to have about five to seven. Okay. You don't need any more than that. It's, it's a huge number to, to maintain. By law, you need three, and okay. that's going to be your officers, your president, okay. secretary, and treasurer. Okay. However, I do suggest a vice president or a vice chair so that they can be groomed in the event the president has to step down, they're yep. sick, or whatever may happen, and business can continue. Yep. Uh, so five to seven is kind of the sweet spot, but what that means is that you need three times that number in mm. your candidate pool. Yep. So you end up with your five to seven. So you always have a pipeline of individuals. Absolutely. So yep. then we get into, well, I got a question um, about what should their number one role be. But even before we get to that, let's ask this question, because oftentimes boards get sticky, mm -hmm. right? When you start talking about a board and you start talking about an executive director or the individual that's running the organization, mm -hmm. how do you help to draw that line in the sand? Because you may bring somebody on that has a vision as a board member of where the organization should go, 
But then you have that exec- executive director who is sometimes, even oftentimes, the founder of the organization mm-hmm. who has their own vision. So talk to me about those right. lines in the sand. Sure. So that's where <laughs> the expectations come into play. And when you're vetting your board members, they have to have the same ethical, legal, moral code and the same vision already that mm-hmm. you already have. Now, let me preface this to say that as a founder, we do not own a nonprofit. Nonprofits are not owned. No they doubt. are governed by a board of directors. So no your board should share the same vision as you. You guys are partners. Mm-hmm. It should never be him against them mm-hmm. or she against them. So mm-hmm. when the founder brings the vision to the table, all the other board members got to kind of see that vision mm-hmm. and then realize what value do I bring to the table, right? Mm-hmm. But no one board member can do anything. Absolutely. It is a collective decision. So even if that one board member has a vision that may not be in line with the founder, if it's in line <laughs> with the mission, yep. then you have to entertain it. You got to have the conversation and at least try it, right? Yep. So we have to just make sure we understand that the executive director handles the day-to-day. Yep. The board handles the board of uh, the executive director as their only employee. Yep. So you just got to make sure that open, honest communication, the board stays in their lane, mm-hmm. the ED stays in their lane. Mm-hmm. You're right? smiling because that's hard. It's hard. That's hard. You're it's smiling because that's hard. She didn't want to say that, but I'm going to say that. That's very difficult. Because I've been there. I, I am the founder, I, you know, executive director. I've sat on the on the board, the organization that I started. So it's hard to put yeah. those lines in the sand. But I started this knowing that it was never, ever about me. No doubt. Right. So as long as we walk into this thing knowing it's not about us and yep. about who we're trying to serve, yep. we can operate as such. Absolutely. And as long as the board understands their roles and responsibilities of board and governance and oversight and not dipping into the day-to-day, that's what you have your executive director for. Absolutely. That's why you got to have these conversations, board assessments, making sure there's a CEO evaluation so that he or she understands this is your lane right right so i want to tease something out that you said real fast for everybody um because i started my non-for-profit and it's hard every single day and working with these board members is tough right but you said no one owns the non-for-profit let's tease that out and talk about that a little bit more sure so when we talk about 501c3 non-profit public charities, that's what they are. Mm-hmm. They belong to the public. Mm-hmm. We're using their money, their mm-hmm. disposable income, you mm-hmm. know, it may come from the federal government, wherever you're going to get your sources from. So nonprofits are not started for a personal benefit. Mm-hmm. Whereas Jamila Kim Consulting is my vision. I report to the state, federal government. Otherwise, I do what I want. Nobody's no checking me, right? No but when it comes to the nonprofit, you have the whole community checking you That's because right. you raised your hand to voluntarily say, I'm going to help this person or this yep. cause. So we have to be mindful. And that's why the laws prevent people from getting into the industry and abusing it. Although yep. it gets done. No doubt. That's it's, not the intent. There's bad actors no matter right. what industry you pick. Right. That's not the intent. <laughs> so as the founder, you're forever the founder and the visionary. Mm-hmm. You're leading the charge, but you do not make all the decisions. And mm-hmm. I think that's a hard pill to swallow mm-hmm. for some people. They're like, well, God gave me the vision. He absolutely did. Mm-hmm. But you gave that baby up. No doubt. For the community to help raise it because no you want to be a 501c3 nonprofit public charity. Uh, yep. Yeah. So and private foundations are a little bit different. Totally, yep. Where you can have more family members involved. Yep. And that's totally okay with that. And and the one key with that, when you say public, the, the other piece is public dollars public right? dollars yep. so you're not individually deciding um what happens to the public dollars that are being donated to the organization absolutely which then strengthens the organization because now 
I'm going to donate money to this organization because I know Shemari not going to take this money and, and, and go buy a Bentley. Right. So, right. right. That's, um, that's the intent. Now, right. it happens the other <laughs> With way. some bad actor, not Shemari. Yeah. I'm not taking the that, dollars. That's not what we're saying. Not, that's not what I'm doing. It's no, definitely not what I'm doing. Absolutely not. No. So but that, yeah, that is the intent. Yes. And that's what we're supposed to be doing as a nonprofit. So, dope. So, this, this, is, this is difficult, right? So, when you talk 501c3, non for profit, board management um it's, it's hard work i mean it is a business mm-hmm. so i want to i want to now dive into your business and then talk to me how do you take your steps or, or what are some of the things that you tell your clients that um they're coming into their not-for-profit business whatever spectrum they might be on someone who you're coaching um out the gate or someone who's one of your more senior clients because there are probably some threads in there where they're doing some of the same things right Yes. Yeah, so when I start working with people, like I said, it all starts with the why. If you're not able to articulate that, then come back to me. Mm-hmm. Right. But we can um, we can work through it with what you have. So once we've identified that, I really just focus on the understanding of what the industry expects of you, mm-hmm. what you can expect of the industry, mm-hmm. and just setting those expectations. I believe that in the work that I've been doing, that we fail because we just simply don't know. Mm. We want to do good, mm-hmm. but we don't realize that there's a whole business and business plan and strategic planning mm-hmm. and funding and mm-hmm. and people and that you're managing. You got to understand <clears throat> that business aspect mm-hmm. of things. So that's what I coach my clients through because I live on both sides of the coin, no meaning I'm, I'm educated and I have a master's in nonprofit and association management from University of Maryland Global Campus. I, I that work was a for stat a check. That mean call her. You see how she rattled those stats out real quick? That was, <laughs> that was some credentials right there. Go ahead, though. My bad. I cut uh, you off. That's all right. I've been working for a nonprofit for 12 years, and that organization has been in service since 1873, right? Mm-hmm. So, And I've been in customer service for over 15 years. So all of that kind of just bleeds into it. And like I said, on the other side of running one uh, myself, I understand it. Like, it's hard. You got to deal with people. Absolutely. And you got to give people some grace. Like in this season, we got to give people grace. And people are like, well, why won't my board show up? Well, life happens to Mm -hmm. all of us. Mm -hmm. Just keep that in mind. But also ask ourselves, are you doing what's necessary to make them successful? Mm. You can't just give them a piece of paper that says, here are your duties. What's the how behind it? How do we strategize? How do we bring it to life? Right. So we have to take onus of that as well as executives to make sure our people are trained so that they can show up like we want them to. Mm -hmm. So I just have very candid, straight up conversations. Mm -hmm. I'm not motivational at all. (laughs) No doubt. Business, you about that business. About that business. You know, I can give you some push, Mm -hmm. but you got to want it. I can't Mm -hmm. want it more than you do, Mm -hmm. right? And if I don't align with your vision, that's not for me to say for you not to do it. I'm just not the consultant for you because I have to sleep and eat and breathe your vision in order for me to be successful. No doubt. So I jump into my clients' businesses like, it's we. Let's get this thing done. And, um, you know, from what I've heard, you know, I'm just blessed to be in a position to help and to build a community in a bigger way outside of the organization that I started. No doubt. So I'm going to put these two points together. Um, which was one of my one of the questions I wanted to ask earlier. So you said something real key about the why, and then you you the way I say it is don't put a playground in a community with your non for profit who wants a tennis court, right? Mm-hmm. So you got to go right. in, and your vision may be one thing, but you still have to ask the question about or for the voice of the customer of what they want. Right now, segueing that into for boards and professional grown people who have their own, they want to put a, a playground instead of a tennis court. What What is the number one most important thing 
or or if it's two or three, that's fine too. But um, if you wanted them to leave from this podcast from a board member's perspective, mm -hmm. what should they be doing for that organization? They need to be <clears throat> assessing the needs as well. Okay. So if the founder or executive director has not done a needs assessment, the board should be asking questions. Why are we doing this? Mm. Okay. What does it link back to? Mm -hmm. The mission, the vision, the organizational goals, everything an organization does must link back to those three things. Mm -hmm. So they have to be asking those open-ended questions. What is the purpose of this program? How are you evaluating it? How is it improving the lives? Mm -hmm. How are we using this money? Mm -hmm. Are we utilizing it the right way? Mm -hmm. So they have to be... And so what that means is that the board needs to be just as in tune mm -hmm. with the mission mm -hmm. as the founder and the executive director. They Absolutely. can't just show up at the board meeting. So can they, can, can they serve multiple boards then? Can I be on four, five, six boards then? You can. However, we want to be careful of one <clears throat> our time mm -hmm. and making sure there's no conflict of interest. Mm. What I mean by that is if you sit on the board of six youth organizations mm -hmm. that could present a conflict, and I'll give an example. So there's a grant out there. Mm -hmm. You sit on six boards mm -hmm. and all six organizations With are viable candidates. Yeah, yeah. Who are you telling about? Who, which organization are you telling about the grant? Absolutely. Right? So those are things that when you're going through the board recruitment process, you're asking those questions. And in your, even in your application, what other volunteer capacities are you currently engaged in? That'll open the door to that. So it's not a, a red flag. It's not a no-go. It's just having the conversation and disclosing those conflicts of interest. Okay. Right? So you just, we have to be loyal. No doubt. There's a duty of loyalty that the no board members have to achieve to, as well as being obedient and following the law. So no you just got to make sure that your personal doesn't mix in with the organization. But to answer your question, the board has to be strategic in its focus, its mission, and assessment of how the dollars are being used. And mm -hmm. ask those hard <clears throat> questions. You're supposed to, you're not yes men and yes women. No doubt. We don't need that. We need those who are going to challenge it. You know, why is our budget this way? Why haven't we hit the budget? Why haven't we done this? So that's what they have to do. That's Ask that, that the finance question. committee is important. That finance committee is important. <laughs> there are two standing committees that you should have, your finance committee and your governance committee. No doubt. No that's, doubt. That's, I don't care if you have three board members, just stand it up. Absolutely. And make sure you have that oversight. Okay. Um, I, I would agree with that because um, a lot of organizations, mission, vision, core values can say something, but then you check to see where they're putting their dollars mm -hmm. and that's going to tell you if it matches. Right. So I'm, I'm going to make a statement. And then you just, whatever comes to mind, you tell me what you think about this statement. You smirking like, oh, God, what is Shamari <laughs> about to say? Oh, God, what is he about to say, right? So for-profit organizations, their boards typically, their board members typically get paid. Non-for-profit organizations, they typically ask that their board members raise money. Talk to me about that statement. Yes. So again, as a nonprofit organization, we get funding in many different ways, mm -hmm. right? So if we're expecting leaders who are the board to lead, they need mm -hmm. to lead financially as well. So that's mm -hmm. where the financial commitment comes into play. Um, and the organization needs those funds. Grantors want to know that your board, who is your governing body, financially supports the organization. Mm -hmm. Now, everybody doesn't have to give the same amount, but mm -hmm. everybody should give something. Mm -hmm. That's where the give-get comes mm -hmm. into play. They can give it or they can go get it or they can do both. Mm -hmm. So it's important that 
to the public, to funders, to the IRS, to the state, mm -hmm. that the board is not only a physical present body, but their money shows up as well. No doubt. That's where for new organizations outside of the founders money out of their pocket, yeah. that's that other income stream coming yep. in from your board of directors, which is unrestricted funding, which can be used for anything to help build the organization. Absolutely. So once you get to that level where you're no longer <clears throat> dependent upon board gifts and your founder's gifts, then it just becomes supplemental income. And mm -hmm. that's what you need for them to do and set that expectation again. Absolutely. You're expected to fundraise. Sure. Like we, we need the funds. Yep. And when you have five people who have five various uh, avenues of people and their networks, mm -hmm. that opens up the organization to so many other people mm -hmm. funding and future volunteers and future board members. So you got to have that conversation. No doubt. And you can't be scared to have that conversation. You got to push for that conversation, even if it's a tough conversation. Right. So with that, though, you work with a spectrum, again, of new starts to, to season boards. What do you find about that fundraising conversation? Is this something that's typically... Just easy? Is is it a tough conversation? <laughs> yeah, it's a tough conversation. Uh, <clears throat> with all, no matter where you no are. Matter, in your, no matter where you okay, are. Okay, talk to me from about what, that. From my bit. experience. Um, for those who are starting out new, um, it's like, wow, I got to ask for money, right? Mm. So for my epiphany, when for me, um, when I realized that I wasn't asking for me, mm -hmm. and I was asking for young people who needed school supplies and books mm -hmm. and uniforms, that ask became a lot easier. No doubt. So that's what I teach my clients is that remember, it's not about you. No doubt. It's about you feeling the need. Absolutely. So let's get over that and if you have issues let me bring somebody else in who can help you no doubt. how to make the ask and that's the that right tough conversation right. so get over yourself exactly it's not about you. you that's exactly what i say so we have to assess our own skill sets <clears throat> and our weaknesses and our deficiencies mm -hmm. if we can assess our weaknesses and bring in those people to help us then that's how we can build a family together and mm -hmm. we can get things done um but we have to remember that we need funding and the board is is there they're your partners to mm -hmm. help you do that so mm -hmm. it's important that fundraising is a part of your mix and there's many different ways to do that mm -hmm. and if you go out there and get the education you know it's anything from peer-to-peer -peer, it's mm -hmm. facebook it's instagram there's so many things that have turned to technology now that we want to focus on so you don't have to make that verbal ask mm -hmm. If you want to be a, a behind-the-screen thug. <laughs> a behind-the-screen thug. Don't no. tempt me. I, I, like, I like being a thug. I'm a Gemini, so as nice as I am, if, is as mean as I can be. If you want to be behind the keyboard, you know, technology has allowed us to do this a little mm -hmm. bit easier. So just tap into various ways of bringing in revenue, but understand that fundraising is a huge component and set that expectation. Is that the hardest part when you're coaching these boards? Is it, is it the governance piece? Is it the fundraising piece? Is it um, drawing the line in the sand between executive director and the board? Like It's the fundraising <clears throat> piece and the governance piece. But again, it's just simply because they don't know. Mm. Once you get educated yeah. and then once you give them the action plan, yeah. I've seen boards turn themselves around. Yeah. It starts off with a very hard conversation, these board assessments. So, again, if there's another takeaway from this is that have a conversation with your board one-on-one. Mm -hmm. -on -one, mm -hmm. Ask the questions. You can send them a survey ahead of time, <clears throat> understand what they're going through. But us having that two-way conversation allows us to be effective mm -hmm. and be more proactive in addressing issues that may be happening. So fundraising is another huge thing because the board is, I think we have such a negative stigma Mm. on fundraising is that you serve on a board and that equates to fundraising. It's not just it. Mm. Fundraising is a relationship. No doubt. It's leveraging your relationships, yeah. right? So if you're in a room and you talk about your vacation, your family, your job, your board service yeah. should come up as well. No doubt. They should go to your <clears throat> social media and know that you're a board member. No doubt. And that's what I have our boards go through when I work with them is make sure people know 
and just simply share. And once they see that you're giving back and that you're actually doing good work, people will give and the money will come. But you've got to open the door and have the conversation. Absolutely. So fundraising, yes. And the other side is the governance and Boards are excited to do the work, but like mm -hmm. I said, they don't know what that means, mm -hmm. right? So they didn't know they have to sit on the committee. They didn't know they have to draft bylaws or review bylaws mm -hmm. and policies and procedures and, and check what's going on in the IRS and bring mm -hmm. that information back. You mm -hmm. know, meeting offline, mm -hmm. everything cannot be done in the board meeting. Absolutely. That's what your committees are for. Gotta have a meeting before the meeting. Right, exactly. And we're not <laughs> meeting just to meet. No, no, no absolutely. Two, minutes, two hours and we have accomplished nothing. Absolutely. So you got to be strategic and that's where your board president comes into play. Yeah. Your board president leads leads the direction of the strategic conversation, which is why it's hard yeah. for the executive director to serve as the president as well, because you're wearing two hats. Yep. I've done it. So <laughs> no, I'm speaking no. from experience. So that's why we need that line in the sand to say, you handle the day-to-day, -day, and as the president, let me handle the board. No doubt. But a key relationship, which is something else I also see fail, is that the executive director and the board president are not on the same page. Mm -hmm. They are besties mm -hmm. because they communicate for each other, they're the liaison, mm -hmm. excuse me, on the other side of the street. So that board chair ED relationship has to be tight, yeah, and it has to be respectful. Yeah, and I'm tight with myself, and I'm chairman and CEO. So I just <laughs> we just eliminated all of them problems. But <clears throat> excuse me, I, I want to tease something out. Um, you don't know what you don't know, right? And you just underscoring the fact that you have all of this knowledge, right? So you go to a barber shop or you go to a hairstylist because you don't cut or do your own hair. Mm -hmm. So just talk to me about or talk to the to the people about your recommendations on yes, getting this started, but then coming to see somebody like you. At what point do I then say, I got this vision, I want to put this together, I wrote now I'm I don't know what I don't know, so let me call Miss Kemp. Talk, right. talk to me about that a little sure. bit. So get the <clears throat> professional support from day dot. Mm. Once God downloads that vision and you're like, okay, I can see it. It, mm -hmm. it fits in my world right now. This is a good time. There's no perfect time, mm -hmm. I believe, but there's a right time to mm -hmm. start. So once you've made that decision to say, okay, I'm going to start, find somebody to help you. If mm -hmm. it's not me, it, find somebody. Um, the internet is an amazing tool, but it mm -hmm. also can give you so much wrong information. <laughs> no, no. Right? It's, it's so, that's why I call it Uncle Google. Right. <laughs> sometimes Uncle Right, sometimes Uncle Baby be, be wilding. So if you can't <laughs> afford someone right now, Put money aside because you will need it. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you want to do a Google research, make sure you're going to the .orgs and the .govs. Yeah. You know, kind of be careful of the .coms because yeah. anybody can give you anything and be wrong. Right. But invest. It, it's it's an investment. Yeah. And as an organization, you're going to have to invest not only from the start, but all the way through. Yeah. You know, your boys should get two professional development trainings every single year. Mm. you got to invest that money. You've at least make two. That, at least two. Okay. At least two. So if fundraising <laughs> is your is your pain point, bring somebody in and board Talk governance. Right? So have the conversation. So bring in somebody. Like I said, if it's not just me, you know, I would love to support you, but bring in someone who is knowledgeable. Do your research. Mm -hmm. Vet them. Get mm -hmm. their referrals. Watch them on social media. Mm -hmm. I watch people all the time. And I've entered into relationships with people on the business side just because I've simply watched how they move. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I wouldn't have done any business with them. So mm -hmm. you can utilize the internet, social media, to your advantage mm -hmm. when you're thinking about partnerships and other nonprofit organizations. How are they really moving? Right. What you do on paper, right. what you do in the community, is not too, they're not the same thing always. Mm. So use social media to your leverage and vet 
these individuals before you bring them on. Um, there's tons of Facebook groups that provide lots of great information. There are a lot of consultants in there who are willing to give free mentoring. Like, mm -hmm. I don't mentor one-on-one, but through my pages and through the Facebook groups that I'm in, I give away tons of free no information. Doubt. So no if you can't afford to pay me, I understand that. Follow me on social media. <laughs> no doubt. You know, attend one so of my there, classes. There's a way to get some info if you can't. <laughs> Drop them bucks. Right. But just know that you have to invest. As a nonprofit, we cannot do everything for free. No doubt. Nor can we expect everything for free. Absolutely. So Absolutely. And make I think that one of investment. As as BIPOC, as black organizations, I don't know if we value our time enough to put a price on it and charge for it. Mm -hmm. And we should and we have to do that more. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's that's a great segue to to knowledge and theory without practice, without action is useless. So this is the part where um, I'm gonna put you on the hot seat um, and ask you. This is this is great information, but what are you doing right now to expedite change? Like, what are you? What are you, what are your organizations? How are you adding impact, positive impact for the positive progression of the culture? Sure. So from the consulting, like, sure, I got it. It's so from, easy from the consulting piece, you know, I've assisted over fifty organizations to start nice. their organizations. Nice. Uh, Forty of them have been strictly from get it out of my head, put it on paper, Jamila, mm -hmm. and help me implement this thing. Mm -hmm. um, and through that work, I've also partnered with Urban Awareness USA, which is a Black-owned organization, nonprofit organization. Let's roll that back. Black-led, not owned because nobody owns a nonprofit. Um, but I've partnered with them through the consulting, and I've been able to focus strictly on board development, and I've reached thousands through that platform. Mm -hmm. um, and I've heard the testimonies of, you know what, Jamila, I need to have that conversation, and I did, mm. and we're better because of it. So no I have testimonials. I got receipts nice. um, in that we're moving the organizations to a place where they're better, mm -hmm. right? And it's all about knowledge and opening up the door and having those conversations. Um, through It Takes Two, which is the organization that I started, we just celebrated 10 years on February 15th. Nice. Congrats. Um, <laughs> it's a big deal. <laughs> it is a big deal. In addition to working full-time, Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. the consulting, it takes two, a mom, a new mom, new no or a second mom, yeah. you know, so, and through that, we have awarded 30 scholarships to students that live in single parent homes and they pay for school supplies and books, uniforms, academic and sports registration fees, laptops, tutoring, internet services, whatever it is that they nice. need in that school year that we provide that. And last year we hit a milestone of awarding over $10,000 in scholarships. Congrats. Um, and we're working on a $10,000 campaign now by July 1. So nice. we're trying to match what we did over nine years yeah. in seven months. That's what I'm talking about. In 2022. That's, what I'm talking about. that's expediting change that's right expediting there. change so that we can do more. And that's my hashtag this year is year of more. Nice. Um, it's not about so much the dollars. It's more impact. Mm -hmm. To be able to, for families to be able to say, you know what, that $500 scholarship you gave me allowed my child to graduate, mm -hmm. right? So these are micro scholarships that mm -hmm. we award through the, through It Takes Two. Um, but we have <laughs> students who we've gone to graduations, we've gone to birthday parties. Like They have allowed us to come into their family. Mm -hmm. And that's what we want. We just don't want to give you the money. Mm -hmm. We want to give you the resources and, and just be an extension of your family so that we can also help you. And that's where It Takes Two comes in is mm -hmm. that we're that second person mm -hmm. to help you pull you up mm -hmm. instead of giving you a handout. Nice. Say say both company names. Jamila Kemp Consulting and It Takes Two Incorporated. So I, I'm going to keep it a stack. Miss um, Kemp in 2017, um, what we were thinking about because it was it was crazy. You said, hey, listen, when God downloads it, you got to now you got to go seek help. So we were at a point we were like, we need some help. So I reached out to Miss Kemp. I reached out to Jamila and was like, here's where we are. 
And she was like, oh boy, yeah, here's where you are. We're going we, we gonna, we gonna to get y'all straight. And I said, listen, <clears throat> we go way back. So whatever information, whatever you got, then let's work. We work together. And I must say, and this is, this is more bragging on Jamila than on my organization for clarity. But a, a rising tide raises all ships and it takes a tribe and a village. When, in 2016, when things were tough, and then 2017, we started our own organization. We asked Jamila to come in and help us out, bring our, get our board up to speed, up to date. Um, at that point, we then moved very, very expeditiously, expediting change to getting our charter. And then now we are a $30 million organization with a K-8 school with 700 children. Again, a rising tide raises all ships. And Jamila was extremely impactful in helping us out. And again, I said I was going to keep it a stack. And that really, that was keeping it a stack. But I'm going to go back real quick. In the basement of my house <laughs> where she came in, where we were serving like little cheese sandwiches, like, yo, everybody just got to roll their sleeves up and get it in. So she has been with us from the beginning. And again, we started out as a zero-based organization and now are a $30 million not-for-profit. So I want to thank you for being here with me today. I want to thank you for your efforts with the positive progression of the culture. And then um, we're going we're gonna to stay in tune. We're going to stay in touch and make sure that we get this out, your information out to the people. I appreciate you having uh, me. Absolutely. Always a, always a pleasure. All right. So doing good is a business. I know we had this conversation over and over and over again about this current state of capitalism. But doing good is a business. And business equals making money and giving money away and taking care of individuals because a rising tide raises all ships. You're going to get sick of hearing me say that, but it doesn't even matter because I'm just going to keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it for the positive progression of the culture. If you have an idea, you don't have to think about a non-for-profit organization that is one of those organizations that are out there struggling. A non-for-profit, we're struggling for this. We don't have supplies. We just had a conversation with Ms. Jamila Kemp, and she talked about how you can get your organization together, your non-for-profit that you do not own, that is publicly owned, right, to go out and doing good is a business within this capitalistic society to be able to take care of the people that you want to take care of. Keep, keep, keep checking in with me on Expediting Change because I'm going to keep, keep, keep holding my guests accountable who always, who continue to keep giving us valuable knowledge. So check in with Shamari on Expediting As Change. I Stay open with me. my mind and try to reach yours. Ask myself, why is it you really want to preach more? I want to teach more.